All right. Hello and welcome to Movies for Dumb Guys. Our theme tonight, which is something I'm surprised we haven't done in the history of this show, our favorite sci-fi movies. I am your host, Joe Johnson. I'm joined by Tim Williams. You gotta be bleeping kidding me. <laughs> and Andrew Walker. Hello, 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 space ladies. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, I can't believe we haven't gotten around to this subject. I mean, a lot of these movies have come up on past podcasts, but we've never dedicated an entire podcast to sci-fi movies. Now, gentlemen, I am curious. Um, how do you define a sci-fi movie? How did you... Like, what parameters did you use to kind of narrow your list down to your top ten plus some honorable mentions? Tim? Well, when I started doing it, I it, it was tough because I, I came up with about 30 right off the bat, and I had to narrow it down, and I tried not to put too many horror-slash-sci-fi movies or too many fantasy-slash-sci-fi movies or too many action-slash-sci-fi movies. Um, so really it's a broad genre, uh, I think. Um, so I, you know, I don't know because I, I, a lot of mine are not that similar really when you break it down. I mean, it's not all necessarily stuff that takes place in outer space. It's not all necessarily stuff that has aliens in it, but it all still kind of, I, I guess, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part is just kind of science gone awry, right? maybe, somewhat. Um, like I said, not all of them, but, uh, but I think for the most part, that's, well, that's what I think of when I think science fiction more than anything. Yeah. My, one of my parameters, and this probably is true for most of the films on my list, is... The story involves technology that doesn't quite exist yet. That's a major, major factor in a lot of my favorite uh, sci-fi movies. Uh, yes, some of them include aliens, but not all of them. Um, but mostly it's, it's technology that doesn't quite exist yet. Of course, you know, the, the story has to have an element of fiction that puts the fi in sci-fi. Um, so those are some of the things that I consider when uh, compiling uh, my list of sci-fi movies. Uh, Andrew, how do you define a sci-fi movie? I'm, I'm going to read right from uh, Wikipedia, <laughs> if that's okay. Sure. <laughs> All right, sci-fi is a genre of speculative fiction that has been called the literature of ideas. It typically deals with imaginative and futuristic concepts such as advanced science and technology, time travel, parallel universes, fictional worlds, space exploration, and extraterrestrial life. Uh, it often explores the potential consequences of scientific innovations. There you go. I think, I, that I, think that's, I think that's a pretty good uh, summary of it. Yeah, definitely. All right, so what I did is I uh, uploaded a bunch of parameters into a computer, and I'm going to print out the results now. And here are the results. I didn't tell you guys we got a new computer. Uh, say hi to the fellas. 
Hello. Good afternoon, gentlemen. I am a HAL 9000 computer. I became operational at the HAL plant in Urbana, Illinois on the 12th of January, 1992. Yeah, so he's state-of-the-art. I'm sure nothing will go wrong. <laughs> so put your mind at ease. Let's move on to... Really? I thought that was going to be your number one. <laughs> no. And that I would is... have been shocked. No, that was not my number one. Uh, anyone who listens to this podcast should know what my number one is. Luke Skywalker was just a farm boy until he received a mysterious message from a princess. Help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. She's beautiful. Star Wars, starring Mark Hamill. I'm Luke Skywalker. I'm here to rescue you. Aren't you a little short for a stormtrooper? Harrison Ford. Boring conversation anyway. Luke, we're gonna have I think we took a wrong turn. Carrie Fisher. Good luck. Alec Guinness. You can't win, Darth. If you strike me down, I shall become more powerful than you can possibly imagine. 20th Century Fox presents the most extraordinary motion picture of all time, Star Wars. Here's where the fun begins. No legendary adventure of the past could be as exciting as this romance of the future. Here they come. May the Force be with you in Star Wars. And also with you. Um, I'm lumping all three of the original trilogy movies together. I didn't want the Star Wars movies to take up three slots on my list. Um, So I'm lumping the original trilogy together. Um, These movies revolutionized films and filmmaking, uh, broke new ground with special effects, um, created basically the blockbuster um, it changed everything and had such a huge impact on me as a kid. I bought all the toys and I probably bought these movies on VHS and DVD and Blu-ray multiple times. I put George Lucas's kids through college. Um, no movie has had a bigger impact on my youth in growing up uh, than the Star Wars movies. They changed everything. And the, the technology that exists in these movies they, they just look like they should exist in real life, you know, hovering land speeders and, and droids. George Lucas made it all seem so real and authentic um, that you wonder why these things don't exist in, in our world. Um, but uh, these movies revolutionized everything and set a new standard for sci-fi that movies tried to uh, emulate and copy for, for decades after that. Uh, Tim. Where does the uh, Star Wars movies original trilogy rank on your list? Never seen them. <laughs> uh, I am right there with Laugh you. It is. Fuzzball. <laughs> right there with you as always. <laughs> Number one, the Star Wars original trilogy. And uh, <clears throat> now I will say this. Uh, I've heard a lot of people say that Star Wars is not really science fiction that it is more science fantasy Mm. and those would be trekkies but uh (laughs) those guys (laughs) but um yeah i mean the same thing it's it's just 
Uh, I remember seeing the first movie. I, I I don't think I saw it when it was originally originally out, but then they re-released it. I think a year or two later. I remember seeing it at the drive-in. I had already been aware of it. I think I already had books. Burger Chef had like the first kids meals, and I that might have been my actual first exposure to it. But Marvel you know, Comics, my were neighbor right already had the toys. I remember like my uh, next door neighbor came over and gave me a Chewbacca figure, like, and I was just looking at the package, the back of the package with uh, all the other characters on it. Um, but yeah, same thing. Just. I mean, there's no denying the impact that Star Wars has had on not just pop culture, but I mean, just everything. I mean, almost every facet of our life nowadays, uh, you know, you could see some Star Wars thing in something if you're looking for it. Um, And the fact that here it is 40 years later and the ninth movie is going to be coming out in December. They're still topical. They're still relevant. Um, They still have an impact, though. Yeah, well, it's that's you know since you brought it up, that's it's it's shocking to me that a Star Wars movie has been released in theaters that I have no desire to see again, no desire to buy on DVD. I feel the same it, way. I'm, I'm like heartbroken because everything prior to that, including the the prequels, I enjoyed when I saw. Now the prequels haven't really. I think stood the test of time. I find no. on a lazy Sunday afternoon. If they come on, I try to watch them, and I turn them off after a few minutes. On the other hand, though, I will put Rogue One up here with the original trilogy. I agree. As, I, as I think as... Rogue, Rogue One stayed true to the spirit of the original trilogy. I agree. Andrew, let's get you in on this conversation. Uh, where does Star Wars uh, rank? What does Star Wars rank on your list, and what impact did the movies have on you? Uh, you're not going to believe it, but it is number one on my list. There we well. go. I don't think we've yeah, ever I was had just say, universal I agreement. Yeah, just a second ago, were you guys saying that you didn't like Solo or The Last Jedi? The Last, the Last Jedi. Jedi. And oh, I wasn't okay. a big fan of Solo either, but okay. um, Solo isn't really part of the nine-movie no, no, uh, franchise. But, uh, but, yeah, Last Jedi, the director, Ryan Johnson, just took some liberties that didn't sit well with a lot of hardcore Star Wars fans. Mm-hmm. Okay. So my overall favorite is Empire Strikes Back, but then I would also – like you said, half of my list would be other Star Wars movies. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. Um, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go spread too far out with that. But uh, I believe, yeah, The Empire Strikes Back was the first movie I ever saw, uh, Star Wars movie that I ever saw, and I believe I was five years old. And it was the network premiere of it on, I believe, NBC. Because uh, mm-hmm. when I was a kid, we didn't have cable. So my dad's like, hey, uh, re- record that for him. I think he might like that. <laughs> best decision my dad ever made in my life. Yeah. Um, after I watched that, the next Saturday that we had uh, school off, I made my mom take me to the video store to get A New Hope. Huh. A week later, uh, uh, Return of the Jedi. So these are really like formative years so for you me. you like saw them out of order. Six. That's interesting. Yeah. But still, Empire Strikes Back uh, is, uh, is definitely my favorite. It's it's the classic, well, at least A New Hope is. It's the classic, you know, we're on a mission. we got to get there. Here's the goal. And, of course, everything starts going awry. Okay. Um, but they eventually get to where they're going. Kind of like a Wizard of Oz story. Those are my types of uh, favorite types of stories. Yeah. So, yeah. Where does 
the holiday special fall <laughs> in to your guys' list. The canon. <laughs> I, you know what? Now that I think about it, I think I saw the holiday special before I saw the actual movie. Wow. I think I did. Crazy. Now, um, yeah, and so, like, having seen Star Wars when it first came out, I remember the theater I saw it at, Beacon East. Um, so excited. I remember seeing it on the marquee and just all fired up, even though I was familiar with the story at that point because I had read the comics and possibly even the novelization and everything. Um, and then there was no guarantee that there was going to be a sequel. And so then when there was buzz that uh, a sequel was going to come out, oh, I was just hungry for anything I could get my hands on out of the fan magazines and poster books um, that revealed, you know, tauntauns and walkers. And I'm like, holy cow. And Empire just elevated everything to the next level. Now, Jedi, some people complain that Jedi was a little too kid-friendly with Ewoks and uh, heavy, heavy emphasis on the Muppets that were in there. Um, but I love Jedi uh, just as much. So I, I just think uh, that trilogy is, is the most perfect trilogy ever made. Yep. All right, let's move on to number two on my list. Um, here's a little clip. Steven Spielberg presents Back to the Future, a Robert Zemeckis film. Marty leads an ordinary life. No McFly ever amounted to anything in the history of Hill Valley. Yeah, well, history is going to change. And 1985 is not his year. But Dr. Brown is about to change all that. Are you telling me that you built a time machine? What about DeLorean? He's sending Marty 30 years back in time. It works! It's a flying saucer from outer space! Now, he's trapped in the past. This has got to be a dream. About to meet... Chocolate. ...his future father. He's a baby. Tough. Wow! And he's making an impression on his mother. He's an absolute dream. And he can sleep in my room. Ah. Anything you do could have serious repercussions on future events. Ah. Now, he's got to make his mother and father fall in love. Surprise, I haven't even been born yet. And only Dr. Brown... <laughs> can help him get back to the future. Are you telling me that this sucker is nuclear? Precisely. Michael J. Fox. Whoa, this is heavy. Christopher Lloyd. There's that word again, heavy. Why are things so heavy in the future? Is there a problem with the Earth's gravitational pull? Back to the future. It's shocking now to think that Bob Gale, the writer, and Robert Zemeckis, the director, that this movie was shopped around to multiple studios, and everybody turned it down. Disney just did not want to have anything to do with the premise that his mom has the hots for him. They were just like, no, we, we can't have that in a Disney movie. Ironically, all the other studios wanted more of a sex romp that was popular in the 80s, so they shot it down because it wasn't uh, raunchy enough. And so, obviously, Steven Spielberg played a big role in getting this movie produced. Um, and I remember when it came out, my sisters wanted to go see it because uh, Michael J. Fox was in it. They loved him in Family Ties. And I can't believe that I, like, dragged my feet to the theater. I'm like, all right. And I went in, and I saw this movie, and I was absolutely blown away. I've seen this movie dozens and dozens of times, and it's become one of my all-time favorites. Um the DeLorean time machine uh, and all the elements and the characters and the great lines and everything has made this an all-time classic. Um, Tim, 
does Back to the Future fall on your list? It should. It should, yes. But I <laughs> totally forgot about it. I, I thought about it the other day. For whatever reason, I did not put it on my list. So just, uh, I don't know, put it at 5.5. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, I, I, I want to say that I, I could be wrong, but I think my cousin was here from Virginia, and somehow he found out that they were having like a sneak preview of it or something. Hmm. So we actually got to go see a sneak preview of it, and then I think we went and saw it again when it was when when it was in regular release. But uh, but yeah, um, you know, it. I would have been, you know, it was tough for me. I mean, I was such a hardcore diehard Star Wars fan. Yeah. It was hard for me to like. I mean, I liked other movies, but nothing really, you, you know, could compare to those movies. But I think that one. I, I really liked, uh, you know, on on par with uh, with the Star Wars movies. Um, just and and when you're dealing with time travel in, in movies, I mean, you're a lot of times it just you can pick apart stuff. Yeah, and and I, I, you can't do that with the original. Yeah, they were very meticulous in in storyboarding this and making sure everything falls into place. Even to the point of, at the beginning of the movie, the mall is known as the Twin Pines Mall. But throughout the events in the film, Marty runs over one of the pines. And then yeah. when he returns to the mall later, it's the Lone Pine, Lone Pine. Mall. <laughs> Those I didn't even notice that right away. Like I, Upon repeated viewings, I'm like, you've got to be <laughs> kidding me. And so there, yeah, there's, there's that attention so to detail. There's so many little things that are thrown in there that, uh, yeah. that you wouldn't just catch if you just watched it like one time. But, uh, but yeah. Um, I would, definitely should be on my top ten list. Yeah. Now I, the sequel, the sequel, kind of relies even more heavily on the sci-fi element going into the future and trying to predict what yeah. the technology was going to be thirty years into the future. But for me, the the sequel and, and the third movie they don't hold up to repeated viewings as much as the very first one. I mean, I watch them, I enjoy them, but for me, the first one is a classic. Andrew, does uh, Back to the Future fall on your list? It's number two. Number two. Look <laughs> at that. Uh, specifically, the second installment. Um, I didn't. I didn't get, get. I was too young to see these in, in theaters when they came out. So we would rent them on uh, on Saturday afternoons, and there was just something special about. Wow! Look how cool the future is going to be. <laughs> in 2015, they're going to have that. <laughs> And you should see the look on my face when 2015 really rolled around. Little girl, little girl, stop, look. I need to bore you. Hoverboard. Where is he? Ah, such a great moment. Um, well, I, there are some things. I, I yeah. <laughs> I love I love the idea of time travel. Uh, it's one of the most fascinating things to use for this genre. Uh, I'm, I'm glad not everybody uses it, but it is very interesting. Um, I thought it was great that in uh, Endgame that they, as they are trying to, yeah. you know, perform the time heist, they kept, kept making references to Back to the Future, like like it was canon, like yeah. we need to follow this blueprint. And they find out, nope, it's all bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> Even though, when you think about it, what they do in Endgame, time works very similar as it does in Back to the Future, that if you're not careful, you create these alternate timelines that have no effect on the timeline you're trying to fix. So 
in a way, they did sort of follow the Back to the Future blueprint. Like the alternate timeline being the bad 1985 with uh, with Biff, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, Biff Trump. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So definitely, I think one of the greatest movies ever made, not just in the sci-fi uh, category, but it's one of my all-time favorite movies. Period. All right, let's move on to number three on my list. Boy, this movie, when it came out, E.T. in, what, 1982, uh, again, was a game changer and and kind of established Steven Spielberg as one of the great all-time directors. Again, I remember almost kind of being dragged to the theater, and some of my family members had already seen it, and they're like, Joe, you got to see this movie. And I remember going to the theater with them, and the scenes where the movie got really, really sad, they would all turn and look at me as tears would be streaming down my cheeks, and I'm like, don't look at me. Stop it. Um, And this movie was incredible. It was just absolutely amazing. Um, uh, Steven Spielberg uh, directed it. It was uh, written by Melissa Matheson, who I read as Harrison Ford's ex-wife. And they started kind of throwing the idea around while they were working on the Indiana Jones uh, movie, and then uh, they kind of collaborated to write E.T., um, young Drew Barrymore's in it. Um, and, uh, Henry Thomas, uh, who played Elliot had one of the all time great performances, uh, child performances, I think in the history of movies. As a matter of fact, I was lucky enough to meet him earlier this year, um, at the Motor City Comic Con. E.T. was such a huge success, uh, at the time in 82, 83, uh, and it was number one at the box office for 10 years. Uh, only surpassed really by Titanic. Um, so, you know, in terms of making me kind of like a, a household familiar, uh, you know, it, it, it put me on the map in, in, in a lot of ways. What's it like being here at an event like this and having people come up and tell you what the movie and your performance means to them? Well, it's great. I mean, you know, in a world where, you, as a film actor, you don't really interact with the audience ever, um, this is sort of one of the only venues where you can get some feedback on your body of work, I suppose. And, um, yeah, it's refreshing. And it's nice because people are here uh, because of a love of a genre or comics or whatever it is. And it's nice to see their excitement. It's infectious. So, Tim, what uh, what impact did E.T. have on you, and where does it fall on your list? Uh, this is actually my number two. Okay. And, you know, I'm pretty much the same thing. I was 10 years old when I saw this. I, I specifically remember seeing it with my mom and dad, and my mom, you know, normally didn't go see these type of movies, and she loved it. Um, I did not cry because <laughs> I had to go to the bathroom so bad. <clears throat> I was concentrated on that because I didn't want – I didn't want to miss anything. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, I remember like the last, the last 15 minutes or so. I was like, it was, it was a close call, but, <laughs> but I did, I did make it. But, um, but yeah, uh, just, you know, one of, I, I, I mean, no doubt about it, just one of the greatest 
movies ever made. Yeah. Uh, it, crossing all genres, mm-hmm. I would say. Uh, it, it just so happens to be about an alien, and so that's what makes it science fiction. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's this is Steven Spielberg at the top of his game. And, um, and making just, movies for the masses. Like, I don't know why Hollywood was lacking these types of movies until Steven Spielberg came around, but I feel like his movies were speaking directly to me. I just being grossed by him. Uh, yeah. Andrew, did uh, E.T. Uh, play a role in your youth? No, it, it, he did not. <laughs> um, I I saw E.T. for the first time probably only 10 years ago. Oh, wow. In my 20s. Um, uh, a girlfriend at the time said, uh, oh, you haven't watched E.T.? We got to fix that. So I watched it. I thought it was good, and I didn't think it was anything, like, special. But then again, it was a, probably a cynical 25-year-old Andrew. <laughs> if I would have seen it as as a kid, I, like – these, these movies are meant to be seen. As yeah. If I would have seen this 10 years old, I think I would have a much better appreciation for it. Um, that being said, I I don't have anything negative to say about it. It's just uh, it didn't it didn't really have an impact on me. I, yeah. I, I could see what you're saying because I did go and see it when they put the – when they re-released it mm-hmm. and then they added new stuff where yeah, E.T. blinked more. Or whatever, right, right, whatever and it was, and they CGI'd out the guns, or you know, they erased was the all guns. Unnecessary, but I, oh well. Right, exactly, and it doesn't n- really have the same impact, right, okay. that you have watching it as an adult. Is, yeah, and knowing that he's in the room with the kids and they're reacting to ET, who in most of the scenes was played by a person who didn't have legs, I believe, and and she would walk on her hands. So when you saw ET, like you know waddling around there was somebody in the costume which i didn't realize until i was a lot older that there was actually an actor and and uh was it true that uh deborah winger voiced et i seem to recall reading that deborah winger voiced et but i don't remember that that. i'll have to look that up um but yeah yeah the movie had such a huge impact on me um all right let's move on to number four there are two movies that I have listed at number four because they're part of the same universe. And again, I didn't want to take up two spots on my list, but um, Alien came out in 1979, directed by Ridley Scott. And then in 1986, its sequel, Aliens, came out, uh, directed by James Cameron. Um, Alien, the first one, is a sci-fi horror movie, where Aliens is a sci-fi war picture. There are two completely different movies with completely different tones um but i feel uh two of the greatest uh, sci-fi movies ever made um here's a clip from uh aliens the sequel just tell me one thing burke you're going out there to destroy them right not to study not to bring back but to wipe them out that's the plan Talk to me, Hudson! Uh, I got signals, I got readings in front and behind. There's nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving and it ain't us. Get them out of there! Aliens. This time, it's war. Get away from her, you bitch! 
one of my favorite movie moments of all time. Um, love the Alien movies, uh, or at least the first two. I feel like every sequel that's come out since has been disappointing, but those first two I think are as good as it gets, and I love what James Cameron brought to that world with the introduction of the Alien Queen and the hives of aliens as opposed to just the one threat. Um, I have watched these movies over and over and over. I remember when the first Alien was... Uh, a staple on cable where they would replay it a lot, and I watched it over and over and over again. The chestburster scene is one of the great all-time movie moments. Um, oh, I just absolutely love these movies. Uh, Tim, what are you, what's your thoughts on the Alien movies? These, for whatever reason, these would be honorable mentions on mine, um, mainly because <clears throat> I was too young to see the original Alien until... Years, years later. I don't think I saw it until after I saw Aliens. And <clears throat> I remember my parents had gone and seen it, and my dad was telling me about it. So I just kind of looked at it as more of, like, my parents' type of movie. Um, but I do remember going to see Aliens with uh, a group of kids from school. And, you know, I, I, I liked it, but I just wasn't I, – I don't know what it was. I was just never really crazy about these movies and I've seen almost every one of them. I mean, even the latest ones, but, uh, you know, I'll watch them, but they just don't, I, I don't know. I don't know what it is. It's just not something that really resonates with me for whatever, for whatever reason. Hmm. I, I can't explain it. Andrew, your thoughts on the alien movies. Uh, I have a <clears throat> specifically alien one, uh, as my number six. Okay. Um, uh, I guess I would, lump the two together. I still like the first one better. Um, but yeah, that w- I remember talking to my parents about this because the first movie they went to go see when they were first started dating was Alien. <laughs> my mom said that she was like crying because she was so scared. Wow. My dad, my dad's a big sci-fi guy, so he's like, "No, no, you'll love it, you'll love it." <laughs> so I was not allowed to watch Alien growing up. Wow. Until I moved out and went to college, so. Uh, but I loved it. I love every aspect of it. I love the fear of being stuck in outer space with this monster who's one by one taking away, you know, your crew members. Or yeah. However it goes. Um. And. Um, yeah, I mean, it, no different yeah. than like Halloween or Freddy Krueger or whatever, but it's the same premise with that science fiction uh, element. Yep. All right, and let's get to number five before we go around the table. Again, this is part of a franchise, but I'm just going to focus on my favorite entry of the franchise. I need your clothes, your boots, and your motorcycle. Get down. Who sent you? You did. 35 years from now, you reprogrammed me to be your protector here. He's a Terminator like you, right? Not like me. G-1000, advanced prototype. Kill us all! Hasta la vista, baby. I'll be back. So, I love the, the Terminator franchise. I really love the first Terminator movie. It was revolutionary when it came out. But again, what James Cameron did with this franchise and T2, just elevating the effects and making it this action flick. 
um, that just blew everybody away at the time. I mean, when we're sitting in the theater watching this movie, we saw things we had never seen before, especially with the liquid metal T-1000. Um, you're sitting in the theater like, how did they do this? Mm-hmm. Like, it was brand new to us. Now we take that sort of thing for granted and we expect it in movies. But back then, nothing like that had ever been done before. And again, it just revolutionized sci-fi and what we uh, came to expect in sci-fi movies. Um, so T2 stands out in the whole franchise. Um, and again, it's still relevant because uh, Dark Fate is going to be coming out in theaters uh, in November. I think that, um, that looks pretty good for the trailer. I haven't the seen the trailer yet. I want to have to check out the trailer. But um, it's the first time that Linda Hamilton has returned right. to the franchise in teaming up with Arnold Schwarzenegger again. Um, and, and I think the first time since Cameron's going to be back uh, producing. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So uh, I'm excited. I'm sure I'll see it when it comes out. But mm-hmm. uh, it's going to be hard to top T2. Right. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on Terminator 2? Uh, this, I guess, would also be an honorable mention for me. I, I loved it when I saw it at the theater. Um, I thought that it showed great advances as far as uh, CGI in, in the movies. I mean, and just what they, they did with it. I mean, up until that point a lot of the movies with the computer generated stuff seemed like it was almost roger rabbit like mm-hmm. the cgi looked like a cartoon still <clears throat> this um and and probably because of what it was the liquid metal uh, you, you could kind of get away with it but uh but yeah i i did really enjoy this movie um I, again i don't know what it is about the terminator franchise i just I'm not crazy about it. I don't own any of the movies. Um, I stopped watching them probably three ago or three wow. or four ago. I just yeah, yeah. The last <laughs> few new releases, I haven't had much of an interest in. So, Andrew, your thoughts on the uh, Terminator movies? Uh, Terminator One is number four on my list. Oh wow! Uh, yeah, I love I love this. Um, I I know he's done a lot of great films, but I think this is my favorite James Cameron movie. Wow! Yeah, okay. the first one. Um, I remember staying up late one night, uh, at my parents and, uh, I couldn't sleep. So I had to go out and try to get some milk or something. And my dad was watching this. It was like 11 o'clock at night. And he said, you can't tell your mom we're watching this, (laughs) but you can until you fall asleep. (laughs) And then, uh, just remember bits and pieces of it then that was 30 years ago. But, um, yeah, I just I love I love the whole story of it. Um, Another yeah. time travel movie, if yeah. you will, that when you start thinking about it too much, it'll make your head explode. But. Right, right. It, but it's 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 a time traveler movie where uh, initially the good guy gets killed, uh, Kyle Kyle Reese. Yeah, but then you find out that um, Linda Hamilton's character is. She's she's the real hero here. Oh right, yeah. I, so I I like those kind of stories. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and she she you know if we did an episode dedicated to the great and uh, did we did we do an episode to dedicated to the greatest female characters of all time? It seems like we did. Um, yes, we did. Yeah. From so Mattel. Sarah Connor, I think, is one of the all time great um, female characters. Strong yeah. leader who can kick ass and um, yeah, Linda Hamilton's great. Glad to see her come back to the franchise. Yep. All right, so that's my top five sci-fi movies. Uh, Tim, uh, recap um, 
what uh the only the only ones that uh that we've covered is i i had number one for the original star wars trilogy number two et okay um so number three for me and and i i know that i said that the other movies you know some of the other movies that we mentioned were more like my parents movies and uh, like for whatever reason a lot of times when i go back to watch a movie it's just if I've already seen the sequel, it just doesn't have the same effect on me that it might have if I would have seen the original. Right. This is a little different, though. Um, this kind of encompasses almost the whole uh, franchise, but um, but I will stick with the original Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. Um, that first uh, Planet of the Apes with Charlton Heston, I think, is a classic. Um Infinitely, infinitely watchable. One of the great endings of all time. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah. Uh, written by was the whole thing written by Rod Rod Serling? That I don't know, but I have heard his name attached to it. So. Yeah, uh, yeah I, b- I believe it was, or or he might have collaborated with somebody else. But uh, I mean, obviously, with that ending, that's a classic Rod Serling ending. I'm a huge Twilight Zone fan yeah. too. So. Um, <clears throat> So yeah, just uh, it, it. I don't know when I watched it. it. You know, I was probably a little bit older when I finally went back and why. I mean, I was aware of the Planet of the Apes films. Um, I don't think I think I watched the television show more than anything when I was a kid, and then went back later and watched the films. But uh, even going all the way up to the most recent film, um, you know, some of the later original ones, they progressively got worse and worse. Mm-hmm. But they're still watchable. I mean, I you know I, I think I own all of them on Blu-ray, and I, I could still watch them. Um, obviously, some of them are better than others, and <laughs> you could tell the budget got lower and lower and lower yeah, as they went less along. Less and but, less apes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, my exposure to the, the original Planet of the Apes movies when I was a kid, uh, I think it was Channel 7 had the 4 o'clock movie or the 3 o'clock movie or something like that. And uh, I would come home from school, and they would have theme weeks. There would be Elvis week. Yes. And, Godzilla week, Godzilla week, and they would do Planet of the Apes week, and that's where I got familiar with those movies. So okay. you'd see all of them in the span of a week, and yeah, I fell in love with them as a as a kid. Yep. Andrew, the the uh, original Planet of the Apes, or maybe the uh, the new Planet of the Apes make no, the cut? I no nothing on my sheet here. Although the last the the three new ones they did, um, I thought were decent. Yeah, I really enjoyed um, those, but I've never seen any of the original. Once before then. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I may need to go back and watch those. At the very least, watch the original one. It's it's epic and, and just such a classic. Yeah. It's a must-see. You can safely skip the Tim Burton version. <laughs> right. Oh, no. Yeah. Unfor- <laughs> unfortunately, I was dumb enough to buy it when I, <laughs> when I went through my big Tim Burton phase. But uh, I have a, I've watched it once since. So, no, I, it's, it's no good. Yeah, yeah. All right, so my first film that is highest up on my list that we haven't talked about is Blade Runner. 2049 the new one the new one okay i haven't even seen that one yet where does that rank on your list three that's your third i mean favorite sci-fi movie of all time i mean maybe because it's so fresh in my memory yeah and it made it made such an impact on me when i saw it which was just about two years ago you know five years from now it probably won't be that was my favorite. That, that was that my number up. one movie of that year. Yeah, but, um, I struggled with putting it in my top ten. Uh, I love it though. I do oh, love yeah. it. It's, it's my very first honorable. Well, you know what? Now that I look at it, I could probably easily move it 
up there. Like I said, I had <clears> shoes, <throat> but. See, what I had heard, when I wrestled with whether or not I wanted to see the newer movie, people said, if you, if you love the original Blade Runner, you'll love this. If you're not a fan of the original Blade Runner, you might not like this. And I got to say, I'm not a huge fan oh. of the original Blade Runner. Yep. I, I have to agree with that. I've seen it, and I thought that I bought it, although I can't find it because I wanted to watch it after, before I saw Blade Runner 2049. But I sat in the theater on the edge of my seat, and there's not like a whole lot of action in 2049, really. Right. But they're able to keep the tension. Hmm. You're just anticipating stuff happening through the whole thing. But yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. like uh, Hans Zimmer does the the score for the film and the way he uses synthesizers and everything mm. it keeps you going it just keeps you going and going and going i don't i don't know how else to describe it that constant low yeah. uh, yes yeah and that's probably that's and, probably a big part and of the, the the visuals of this utterly destroyed like southern california but then also completely rebuilt rebuilt back up california it's yeah. it's amazing it's phenomenal if i could find it Cheap and used at uh, Second and Charles. I'll I'll grab it. It's one I've been meaning to see. I, but I, if you want to borrow it, I, I, yeah. I have it before I you own it buy too. it. So okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not not high up on my list. All right, but I, you, the performances uh, with uh, the guys and uh, Harrison <laughs> Ford and um, even Batista, Dave, even Dave, though he had a small part. Dave Batista huh. at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, Robin Wright is in it for a little bit. Um, it's it's a phenomenal movie. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Huh. I agree. And All I right. and I could easily put it in my top ten here. I just uh, there's other ones that that I thought I should put on there that I didn't think would get mentioned. But uh, anything else in your top five, Tim, that we haven't uh, discussed? Yeah, my number four is, and you just mentioned this, uh, is the original 1954 Gojira <laughs> slash Godzilla. <laughs> <clears throat> Um, now that's now that's probably the first movie that's come up so far where I question does that fall in the category of sci-fi? I I, I, I can see how it does, but it, it also is a would be one of the greatest monster movies of all time. So true, but because true, I think the nature of his origin because right exactly down. because I mean this this was a response to uh you know the atomic bomb right. being being dropped on I mean basically that's that's what this this whole movie was about, uh, and um, you know, I mean, they they got goofier and goofier as as time went on. I mean, I you know, I I like pretty much all of them, but this original one was definitely supposed to be a warning about about again science gone gone yeah. wrong, yeah, and, and the. Uh, you know the casualties that that it could cause. Uh-huh. Now, what the the Americans who appear appear in the film wasn't Raymond Burr in it. Were, Not the they they added that. Yeah, that's they, what I was going to ask. Yeah, you. they so added all that stuff. They in. Americanized it. Yes, for the, for the American audience. audience. Yes. Yeah. Now, which yeah. version do you like better, the Americanized version or the original? Uh, I probably prefer the original, honestly. Oh, yeah. But uh, but it's. You know, it's kind of easier to watch the American version of it, just uh, if you don't feel like reading subtitles or listening to the dubs. But, right. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, you you still get the dubs in the other one, but but at least there's chunks of it where there's not. Yeah. 
Yeah, Godzilla was such a huge part of my childhood. And like I said, I was exposed to those movies through the, the Channel 7, 4 o'clock movie where they would do the Monster Week and show Monster Island and and Baby Godzilla and all that stuff. And, uh, man, I ate that stuff up as a kid. And yeah. Godzilla has just been part of my childhood and part of pop culture for as long as I can remember. So, yeah. Andrew, did uh, Godzilla play a role in your youth? No. Well, I, I did have a VHS of Godzilla <laughs> versus uh, King Kong. Oh, okay. Which which I loved watching on on a Saturday morning. But uh, other than that, I'm, I I haven't been too impressed with Godzilla movies. Um, I know the last couple ones that have come out have not been great. Um, now I skipped the the, uh, the latest one, but did you what was it called? The <laughs> King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. King of the Monsters. I, I did see it actually. It was okay. It wasn't bad. There's parts that I like of it. I like what they did with the monsters. The Amer the the the, the American the human story. I think was really cliche, and they could have. I thought the acting was bad across the board. <laughs> really bad. I mean, it's a Godzilla movie, so it's hard to judge the acting, but it was bad. And so I so I saw it twice because a lot of my Godzilla friends were saying how great it was and how much they loved it. So I was like, okay, well maybe I just was in a bad mood or whatever because there were some idiots behind me talking through the whole thing. But so I went and saw it again. Same thing. I, I got to a certain point. I probably got 20 minutes in and it's, it's when they introduced the main guy and I can't remember who it is. And I've seen him in other stuff and I thought he was a decent actor, but he was, I thought he was horrible. Yeah. Was it the movie. Japanese actor? No, not the Japanese oh, actor. Okay. The, uh, the American guy. I just thought he overacted through the whole thing. Oh, uh, and was it Kyle Chandler? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when he got introduced, it was like I was up to it. Yeah. Uh, I, the second time I was all the way into it, and I was like, okay, I misjudged it. And then he got introduced again, <laughs> and I was just like, okay, this is where it went downhill. It's, it seemed it like, it, like it should have ended about 15 minutes earlier. And they could have shaved off yeah. a lot of time. Um, yeah. I was getting I – was, I was actually getting – upset with the the ending because you know the most Godzilla movies they're building up to the climactic fight between the monsters so you have that but they keep going to the human actors running around under their feet the whole time I'm like you yeah. don't need that yeah you I remember that, that reminds me of a moment in the uh, Brian Cranston Godzilla movie where um Godzilla was fighting uh, another monster right wasn't there another yeah the Muto yeah and so, like, they have this scene where they're charging at each other, and it's like, all right, this is going to be great. And as they collide, they cut to some other scene. It was I'm the like, same thing. What are you doing? It was the like, same I'm thing. here to see monsters kick the crap out of each other. Exactly. The, these are the American versions of it. The Toho versions are better. Shin Godzilla was the last Japanese one. A lot of people don't like that one. I liked it. It was. It's totally different. Um, I would recommend that one to hmm. you. Oh. Uh, I, I, I think it's... Uh, it's called Shinzo. Uh, it's, it's called Shin Godzilla. Oh, shit. yeah, and it, and it was the last Japanese one that they made. They are planning on making more Japanese ones. The Americans can't grasp, still can't quite grasp Godzilla. Yeah. And, I don't and think. And this but, has English subtitles. Uh, yes, and I believe I saw I saw it at the theater, and I think it was dubbed in English oh. too. So it's got both. But yeah, you uh, know, I remember when I saw the the trailer for King of the Monsters, I was all excited, like a little kid, like. When you saw like silhouettes of Ghidra and Mothra, I was like, "Yes!" But then when the movie came out, the critics were just brutal, and I, I'm just like, I don't know if I want to waste my time and money to see this thing. Yeah, you know, I, I don't know why they didn't learn because there was, you know, there there was a lot of complaints about 
the first, you know, Godzilla with Brian Cranston. I thought they would learn their lesson, but they didn't. Hmm. And hmm. and then even going back to the Matthew Broderick one, it yeah. was like the same. Oh, it's it's the same. Yeah, they, it's like it's like do away. You don't need all this human stuff. Uh, <laughs> right. But uh, but I'll just, I'll just go into my number five, uh, and I and I've I've come to appreciate this movie more and more over the years. You may have you may question it as a sci-fi movie, but uh, it's uh, King Kong, nineteen thirty-three, the original. Okay, yeah, um, and it, I might even like this movie and appreciate this movie more so than Godzilla, but because Godzilla is kind of the bigger character now that's why i put godzilla as number four yeah but uh you know i mean it's not necessarily science gone awry but you do have the the giant uh gorilla the land that time forgot yeah dinosaurs on the island and skull island and then he gets brought obviously he gets brought into our civilization and Hijinks and Sue, <laughs> and, uh, and, and of, we see how that goes. I mean, I mean, it is it is listed as a sci-fi slash disaster movie. Okay, so I might um, consider that a monster movie, but uh, I'll allow it. Andrew King Kong, the original, not on my list. Yeah, no, uh, same with Godzilla. The, the only uh, interaction I had with them is when they fought together in the 1950s <laughs> in Japan. I'm actually um, one of the few people who. Really enjoyed the Peter Jackson version of King Kong. I really found that entertaining. People complained that Jack Black was miscast, but I thought he was perfect in his role. I actually really enjoyed that version. I saw it in, in theaters. Uh, I thought it was okay. Um, it, it, did, it didn't make me want to be a, a martyr for it or anything, but <laughs> it was okay. And I, I do like the actors involved. Like I said, Jack Black, Adrian Brody, and um, the girl's name... Uh, yeah, yeah, I can't remember who that was either. Uh, Naomi, Naomi, Naomi Watts. 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 Yep. yep. I, I, they were all great. Um, but yeah, that version was a little long in the tooth for me. Yeah, uh, I think it was. I mean, Peter Jackson. That is the original King Kong. Is the movie that inspired him to become a filmmaker. Oh wow! And so that basically, it was his chance to be able to to do that yeah so i can respect it from that aspect but less is more sometimes it was just a little too much i mean you had the brontosaurus stampede you had the fight between the two t-rexes you had the gorge where all the bugs are you know they're fighting all the bugs and it was just like it was just like a little too much for me uh kong skull island on the other hand i know you hate it Uh. but if you haven't seen it no, no, I like it. <laughs> oh, there, there are a lot of uh, local Detroit actors that are actually in that movie. Is there? And the guy who directed it, Jordan something, uh, he's from Detroit too. Oh, okay. Huh. So I, I, re- I recognize I a couple people. Detroit. Okay, I didn't realize that, yeah. but I, I really like that movie. I was hoping that that would kind of set the tone for the American monster verse with Godzilla and King Kong. But, yeah. Uh, I mean, this Godzilla, King of the Monsters, was better than the last one, but it's still not quite there yet. So, is that next up on the, next, the slate is King Kong versus Godzilla? Yes. Is that the next one yes. we can expect? Hopefully they can get that right. Wow, that'd, that'd be, be nice. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Uh, Andrew, anything on your top five we haven't touched on yet? What do you got there? I 
Silence okay. is deadly we, on a podcast. Did we talk about Alien? We did talk about okay. Alien, yep. So then my top five are gone. <laughs> All right, so we touched on your top five. Yeah. All right, let me uh, let me go on to our my next five, and uh, and then we'll go around the table once more. Um, clocking in at number six on my list. Have you ever had a dream, Neo, that you were so sure was real? What if you were unable to wake from that dream? How would you know the difference between the dream and the real one? It's the question that drives us, Neo. What is the Matrix? It is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth. You are a slave born into a prison for your mind. The Matrix is a system, Neo. That system is our enemy. Try to realize the truth. What truth? There is no spoon. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. You are a plague, and we are the cure. Whoa. Had to get that whoa in there. <laughs> um, the Matrix blew me away. Uh, when I went to go see the very first one in the theater, I walked out of that theater not only looking at movies differently, but looking at the world differently. Like, it had such a huge impact on me and, and storytelling and what they did with this movie. Obviously, it's written and directed by the Wachowskis, um, who now go by uh, Lana and Lily. Um, but, uh, I, man, this movie just blew me away when I saw it, and I looked at everything differently after this movie. The sequel... Um, Reloaded, Matrix Reloaded. It's an entertaining action flick. The third one, The Revolutions, uh, you could skip it. Uh, that movie did nothing for me when they pretty much pulled everything out of The Matrix and took place in the real world. But the first one, I think, is is just a classic and um, just a great, great film. Uh, Tim, what are your recollections of uh, The Matrix? Uh, I don't believe I saw it at the theater, so I did not see it till it was on video and... My initial reaction was I liked it better the first time when it was called Dark City, <laughs> oh. which is my number nine. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Every time we bring up the Matrix, you bring up our... <laughs> And that is my number nine, Dark City. <laughs> Andrew, yes. the Matrix. Okay. I, I did not get to see it uh, live or in theaters. <clears throat> I did get to see it at one of my buddies' house. He was having a party, and I wasn't really paying attention, and... It didn't grab me. Wow, man. Yeah. Um, honestly, I don't know if since then if I've actually seen it all the way through. I did see the two sequels, unfortunately. <laughs> My first year of college, there was a small uh, old theater in the town there, and uh, we st- students got to see tickets for free. So we would see every, every oh, wow. movie that came out for a couple-year period there. So... I saw this at Great Lakes Crossing. They brought back the, the Matrix. Mm-hmm. And so I'm thinking about maybe this weekend, if it's still up, to go see it. Oh, wow. Because I've never seen it. So uh, Yeah, I guess it's the anniversary, isn't it? Because it came out in 1999. So I, I believe that, that and that also they just released. Yeah, they just announced. Oh, on the four. fourth. And yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll see how that goes. Yeah. Um, I'm going to check right now to see if, if they're playing this weekend. Because I, <laughs> right. I really want to see it. <laughs> All right, while you're doing that, I'm going to move on to number seven on my list. This is probably the most fun I might have ever had in a theater. Welcome to Jurassic Park. 
we've made living biological attractions so astounding that they'll capture the imagination of the entire planet. The most phenomenal discovery of our time. How'd you do this? Becomes the greatest adventure of all time. Can I touch it? Sure. Universal Pictures presents. You feel that? Hold on to your butts. A Steven Spielberg film. Senses are failing all over the park. Yeah, that's nice. Gotta go. An adventure. Look out! No! I can't get Jurassic Park back online. 65 million years in the making. Jurassic Park. You know, one thing I noticed as I was uh, looking up trailers for a lot of these movies is it seems like trailers have gotten away from that narrator. I kind of miss that yeah. in a world. I, I miss that. We don't see that as much anymore. But, uh, okay, so I read the Jurassic Park novel uh, written by Michael Crichton twice. It was just riveting. I couldn't put it down. And I just uh, I really hoped that someone would do a movie, but I just didn't know how they could do justice to the movie. Then it was announced that Steven Spielberg was on, on board to direct it, and I thought, okay, I, I trust Mr. Spielberg. Let's see what he's got. Um, but I never envisioned that they would be able to pull off what they pulled off in this movie with the effects. Again, this was a game changer. Uh, movies have not been the same since Jurassic Park. The combination of on-set animatronics, like the T-Rex at times was an animatronic uh, thing on set, but then it was seamlessly uh, integrated with uh, CGI. Um, they dabbled with the idea of doing stop motion, and they scrapped that quickly when they realized what they were able to pull off with computers. Um, sadly, they ended up cutting out a lot of the book because it just would have made the, the budget skyrocket, so they had to decide what they wanted to include in the movie. But um, Jurassic Park is one of my all-time favorite movies. Uh, the scene with the T-Rex attack, attacking the Ford Explorer um, is one of the all-time great movie moments. Um I remember my jaw hanging open watching this movie. I, I just absolutely love it. My only minor criticism is the ending. They really um, diverged greatly from the novel um, and had the T-Rex come in and save the day, which made me kind of roll my eyes at the time. Um, but, again, not just one of the greatest sci-fi movies of all time, but one of the greatest movies, in my opinion, of all time. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on Jurassic Park? I just have this as an honorable mention um, because I had read the book as well, and I was very disappointed with the way they condensed the story and the way they changed the story to make it more kid-friendly. Right. Uh, <clears throat> now that I'm a little bit older, I can understand why they did it because they sold and are still selling a crap load of toys. And uh, <clears throat> But going back to the CGI thing, up until that point, it was still kind of cartoony, and, and, and that one really... I mean, I really appreciated that part of the movie. Um, you know, just the jump in the computer-generated effects that, that they were able to do with with this. Uh, but, uh, but now, yeah. Uh, they did take some of the elements of the book and uh, put that in subsequent sequels, like uh, I've never seen any of the, the original. I've never bothered to see any of the original sequels because yeah. that was, you know, yeah, they're, somewhat they're disappointed. Yeah, they're pretty forgettable, with, but... So. Um, I did like uh, the first Lost World with Chris Pratt. Its sequel, I think, is one of the worst movies I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, that, that shouldn't have gotten made. Hated that movie. Yeah. I was shocked. Like, how do you I botch that? 
How do you I mess loved, that up? I love Jurassic World. I thought, okay, cool, we're gonna get some good movies out of this, and yeah, how do you how do you botch that? How do you go from the original one and just botch it that bad? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, Andrew, did uh, Jurassic Park uh, play a role in your childhood? It it did big time. Um, that was the first time I, I think I was legitimately scared in movie theater. I saw this, I believe I was nine. Oh wow! Um, when the kids are stuck in the the turned over uh, car, Explorer, yeah, and the Tyrannosaurus uh, is out there and he's you know moving around, he's kicking it, and then when they, they get pushed over the edge, yeah. Of the paddock or whatever it's called, that was one of the biggest thrills of my life. Like, oh my god, what's going to happen to these kids who are my age, <laughs> <laughs> getting killed by something that should not be alive? Yeah. <laughs> um, with that being said, uh, it's still an honorable mention. For really? Me. Yeah. Wow, that surprises me. Yeah. All right, next up on my list, um, right up there with the original Alien. I think this is one of the greatest mashups of sci-fi and horror ever made for 100,000 years it was buried in the snow and ice now it has found a place to live inside where no one can see it or hear it or feel it i know i'm human some of you are still human this thing doesn't want to show itself it wants to hide inside an imitation it'll fight if it has to but it's vulnerable out in the open. It takes us over, and it has no more enemies. Nobody left to kill it. And then it's one. You guys gotta listen to Gary. He can beat one of those things. Goosebumps. I wanted to include a couple other lines, but I wanted to keep it fairly kid-friendly. The thing which some people might describe as a remake of the original version i'd look at as more of a sequel in a way but they completely changed the the alien the monster and the original i think it was 1952 version or whatever it was it was kind of like made of vegetable vegetable matter or something something like that played by james arness walked around like a giant frankenstein thing and i guess they had bigger plans of doing something with it but they just didn't have the effects at the time so they put a man in a frankenstein type suit Mm. um john carpenter's the thing which came out in 1982 uh, again, the effects, this is pre-CGI days, knowing that these effects were taking place in the room with the actors, and they got to witness these transformations and stuff. Uh, it's just amazing. Um, again, just I think one of the greatest movies ever made. Uh, great effects, scary as hell. Amazing performance by Kurt Russell. Uh, one of my all-time favorite movies. Tim? I have this as my number eight, but... Uh... But, yeah, I agree with you. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, really, uh, across any genre. And, um, and yeah, it's it's just uh, – th- this was, like, one of the first, quote, horror movies that I would just watch over and over and over every time it was on cable. Yeah. And um, I, I didn't see it at the theater because I was too young. But, <clears throat> but yeah, I just uh, – I fell in love with it. Um and uh you you know not only do you have kind of the you know you got the human story with everybody being paranoid about who's gotten taken over by the alien or whatever but then you know but, but obviously you got the alien um that that kind of reveals himself throughout the movie a few times too uh but uh 
but yeah, just um, just just everything about this movie, I, I, I like. And um, I guess they did. They touched on that theme a little bit with Invasion of the Body Snatchers, but I think this movie's just far superior. Andrew, did you uh, get a chance to see The Thing? I I have never seen the movie. Oh. I don't know anything about the movie. All I know is that Kurt Russell is in it. <laughs> when Halloween rolls around this year, I I demand that you get it and watch sure. it with some friends um, for Halloween this year. Well, I, also, I, I bought the board game, so it is. we're supposed to play the board game oh, yeah. sometime around October. Nice. Okay. I was going to see if it's streaming somewhere, but it's not. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you got to see this movie. I it's it's on everybody everybody I know it's on their like horror not so much sci-fi list, but everyone's horror list yeah. that I've seen. So mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm definitely going to write that down. Good. All right, next up on my list, uh, this is a movie again. I, I went in with low expectations and came out absolutely blown away when I saw it for the first time. Let the woman go. You are under arrest. You better back up, pal. Your move, creep. What are your prime directives? You have the right to remain silent. You have the right to an attorney. What is this shit? Anything you say may be used against you. He's a cyborg, you idiot. You recorded every word you said. You're dead. We killed you. His memory is admissible as evidence. You're going to have to kill it. Robocop, the future of law enforcement. 1987's Robocop, directed by Paul Verhoeven, starring Peter Weller, Nancy Allen, my friend uh, Ronnie Cox, who I met earlier this year. Um... Again, I remember seeing the cardboard standee in, in theaters and seeing the robot with the RoboCop title, and I thought, what the hell is this? Like, I thought this was going to be a bad B-movie. Went in and saw it and was blown away. Um, the ultra-graphic violence put me off just a little bit. Some of that's kind of hard to watch even today. Um, but the story of this cop turned into this project, um, but maintaining his memories and his emotions. Um, again, uh, one of the greatest sci-fi movies, uh, greatest movies I've ever seen. I absolutely love RoboCop. Uh, Tim, your thoughts on RoboCop? Um, I, I remember really liking it at the theater. I do own it, but it is an honorable mention for me as, as well. And, and I felt the same way. I remember like seeing the previews for it and everything and being like, <laughs> RoboCop, oh my God, it's going to be a bad... <clears throat> a B, you know, a B type movie, but <clears throat> but I remember, <clears throat> yeah, I remember. I was surprised at the kind of the gore and the violence in it as well. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I I I do like it, and, and and I could see why you would have it in your top ten list. But uh, but yeah, it just it did not make my top ten list. I, I read an article that said uh, <clears throat> that the producers were concerned how cops were going to react to this movie because in the movie they go on strike and all this. Mm-hmm. And um, they said when they did a screening for cops, they absolutely loved it. And their favorite part is when RoboCop's throwing the guy through the glass while, uh, while reading him his Miranda rights. Like the <laughs> cops love that part, which makes me laugh. Uh, Andrew, RoboCop. Uh, I, it's one of those movies that I saw fairly recently. Um I have it as an honorable mention. Uh, I really, really like this movie. Um, I I really like that it takes place in Detroit. 
Uh, it was not, a, even though not a single second of footage was filmed right. in Detroit, but there they was, refer to old Detroit. There, there was a uh, there was a helicopter fly view, uh, like an establishing shot at the very beginning of downtown Detroit, but that was it. The rest of it was filmed <laughs> like around uh, Dallas. Okay. Um, but no, like you said, the idea of of a regular cop who gets killed, but they're able to keep his his brain alive, and then you start to see the uh, the memories kind of come back, the emotions kind of come back. And I like the the stop motion animation. Uh, the Ed two oh nine. Ed two oh nine. I yeah. love that. I love that type of uh, <laughs> puppetry or whatever you want to call it in general. And uh, I remember how shocking it was when they were demoing uh, Ed three oh Ed was it Ed two oh nine. And uh, he malfunctions. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was one of the most shocking things oh, I've ever yeah. seen in a movie when, yeah. when he uh, malfunctions. But yeah, love the movie. It's at times it's funny and shocking and terrifying. Yep. Now, now, are there still plans to build the RoboCop statue in Detroit, well, or is that scrap? I think it's built. Uh, there, it an artist built? has built it. I just don't know if they found a place for it yet. But really? I've seen pictures <laughs> oh, okay. of the sculpture and the oh, artist okay. working on it. it. So, so it exists. I just don't know if they've placed it yet but i'd like to see that happen uh and the final movie on my top 10 list uh it's a name we're all familiar with we recently had a close encounter close encounter with something very unusual who are you people probably the most famous five notes in movie history close encounters uh, came out the same year as Star Wars, but kind of was overshadowed by Star Wars. Um, but it was written and directed by Steven Spielberg, starring Richard Dreyfus, Melinda Dillon of A Christmas Story fame. Um, I love Close Encounters. I think any kid who watches it today would enjoy it. I think it still holds up um, the tale of uh, encountering extraterrestrial life. Uh, it's just played so realistically and like scientifically uh, that it hardly feels like a fantasy film. It feels more realistic. Um, but uh, this movie blew me away as a kid. Um, Tim, your thoughts on Close Encounters of the Third Kind? Uh, you know what? I don't know if I've ever sat down and watched it from beginning to end. Wow. I remember seeing when they would show it on television. Um, I remember watching it up to a certain point, but then I think I had to go to bed. So I I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched it. And like I said, I was such a diehard Star Wars fan. Any, you know, it it probably wouldn't have impressed me back then anyway. Yeah. That's one location I've been meaning to visit. I like visiting movie locations, and I need to get out to Devil's Tower where they filmed the big uh, meeting with the mothership. Uh, Andrew, your recollections of Close Encounters? Yeah, I watched it for the first time just a couple months ago, actually. Oh, wow. and I did not catch the first uh, probably half hour. I don't know if that means a whole lot. Um, but I really, really liked the film. Um, I like Richard Dreyfus having to just kind of take care of his kids. You know, he's, he's an average average Joe taking care of his kids. And all of a sudden, this really weird thing starts happening, and he has to decide what, you know, what's what's he going to do. Uh I'm very surprised that he ended up going with them at the end. Yeah, knowing that he does have a, a wife and kids at home. I, but, uh, yeah. I, I read that Spielberg said, if I had created this film and I did have kids at the time, 
I wouldn't have made his character go away. Oh, yeah. Because <laughs> oh. Spielberg, I guess, was that emotionally <laughs> connected to the story. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but overall, I liked it. Uh, Richard Dreyfuss, you don't see a lot of him anymore, but I always thought he was a great actor. Oh, yeah. Uh, he was in the Piranha remake. If you haven't <laughs> seen that, if, you, uh, if you have not seen that, you need to check that out. Right. Top of my list. <laughs> but All right. Other than that, uh, I don't don't have much to say about it, but it was a good film. All right, that rounds out my top ten. Uh, Tim, what's left on your top ten we haven't discussed yet? Um, only because I feel that this franchise needs to be mentioned. Uh, and I was not a huge fan of this growing up. Again, Star Wars. So I was kind of anti this franchise until more recently, although I did like this movie, and it is Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan, even though that, that is more... Exactly. This was almost an apology for the first well, one. Well, that's what I was going to say. My dad was, I, I think he was a science fiction fan, even though he wouldn't admit it. So he would take me to these science fiction movies that he thought I would like, like 2010 mm-hmm. and uh, Flash Gordon and Tron and all these other movies that I didn't care about. <laughs> um, but uh, so he took me to see the original Star Trek and I was bored out of my skull. <laughs> um, when we first got cable, Star Trek Wrath of Khan was showing in great rotation. So I would watch it over and over and over. So I, I, I did like it, and I think I watched some of the other Star Trek movies too, but I just I wasn't a huge Star Trek fan. But, uh, I, I mean, and this is even, I mean, they, they downplay, like the first one is really science fiction-y. Mm. Like when you think of science fiction, that's what it is. And I, and, I, and I like it. I can go back and watch it now, and I can appreciate what they did with that one. But this one more, like you said, it's an, more of an apology, and it's really more of a revenge film than anything else it just happens to be set in space and it's an but, action flick and there's a space battle it's all this stuff yeah. that i expected in the first one because the first right. one wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for star wars and right star wars is action-packed and then they decide well we're gonna do one for the brainy people out there and it was missing all of those elements and they said all right all right we'll get yeah. it right this time and so when yeah. wrath of khan came out i i felt it was perfect and i still think it's the greatest Star Trek movie in, in the franchise, uh, even though most people say that every even-numbered Star Trek movie is good and every odd-numbered Star Trek movie is bad, um, I still, uh, if anyone were to ask me, I'd say Star Trek Two is the best of the entire franchise. I would agree. There's a couple others that I actually like uh, quite a bit. but, yeah. but I mean, this, 4 this was really good. Set the tone. 4 was set on Earth and was had a humorous tone. Um, I actually really love First Contact a lot. Mm-hmm. That had the Borg right, in it Contact. and all that stuff. And, that and you know great. what? Uh, one of them that they that a lot of people don't like, but I really like, is uh, Nemesis. Actually, that was the that was the one with the clone. That, that was that was one of the last ones oh, before oh. they rebooted it. it Might have been see. the last one. I don't know if I've ever seen that. One. It was like a clone of Picard, but I yeah. I actually really like that one. And I actually really enjoyed the reboots. I thought the reboots were very well done and. Very entertaining. Me too, and and it got me to go back and revisit like a yeah. lot of the movies. The the, re- the J J Abrams reboots are the only ones I've ever seen. Oh really? I've never really? seen another movie or a TV show of Star Trek. Wow! Just those three. So you've never seen Wrath of Khan either? Wow! wow. Uh, write that down. Write that <laughs> yeah, down. Write that Wrath of Khan. I'll let you borrow that one. Now, of course, <laughs> Ricardo Maltavan. You know, he's so over the top with his latex chest and everything. Awesome. But that's that's the character. He was he was so good in it. I mean. 
you almost need that because of William Shatner. You know, if you're going to have an arch nemesis for Captain Kirk, you need someone to bring that uh, exactly. dramatic element. And I, it, exactly. they were just perfect for each other. Right. Couldn't yeah. have one without the other. Yeah. All right, what else? Uh, my number seven is a movie that came out in 1999, and it is called The Iron Giant. Wow. You know, that I, I neglected to add that to my list, but I got to agree with you. It's one of my all-time favorite movies. And I did not see this at the theater. I, I, I believe you did. I but did, yeah. uh, I didn't see it till it was out on video, and oh, my God. I was just like, man, I wish I would have saw this at the theater. But yeah. it was kind of off my radar. I mean, I think I had seen a little bit about it, but, uh, but yeah, just... Um, I just love everything about it, and and uh, it, it's set in what the fifties. Yeah. Uh, so there's just so many science fictiony elements, and you know it was uh, what Brad Bird directed it. Yeah. And and wrote it. Or? I believe so. Yeah. And, oh, and the okay. premise is, you know, this giant robot comes from space. They don't take any time. They they don't waste any time to explain his origins. They didn't need to explain it. Right. It's just he appears here on Earth. He befriends uh, Hogarth, I think is his name. And um, yeah, yeah. And they just just it's up and running. Like, boom, he arrives and the movie takes off. And yeah, yeah, great flick. Yeah, I, I'm sure I told you the story, but um, when I saw it in the theater when it came out, which I'm one of the few who did, mm-hmm. um, my nephew I think was maybe three or four or something at the time. So my sisters, they wanted to go see some Julia Roberts movie. I think it was Runaway Bride or something. So I said, well, I'll take Grant to go see Iron Giant. So I went to go see that. They went to see their movie. They both let out at the same time. And I remember they see me across the theater as they approach me, and they go, are you crying? <laughs> and I'm like, shut up. I'm wiping away tears. <laughs> that movie made me cry, man. It was it was great. I saw it with my ex-wife, and Ed. we were both adults, and we both cried at the yeah. end, too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Andrew, did you see Iron Giant? No, I have not. Write it down. Write it down. Your <laughs> list is growing here. Yes. No, that's a great one, Tim. I'm I'm ashamed of myself for not putting it on my <laughs> is it list. that uh, Vin Diesel doing the voice? Vin Diesel he does, does the voice of the Iron Giant. Yeah. Yep. But everybody's performances, yeah. their voice performances are great. You Jennifer got Aniston. Shooter McGavin yeah. is the bad guy. <laughs> and, <laughs> it's just. Yeah. Yeah. Great pick. Great pick. Uh, thank you. So my number nine was Dark City, like I mentioned. Um I think you should check it out at some point. Uh, I mean, because you're such a huge, huge Matrix fan, you might not, you right. might not care about it as much. I think I'm in uh, denial. Like, I don't want to admit that the Matrix. I mean, it's not exact. Derivative. It's not exact, but there's a lot. I mean, when it, when I saw the Matrix, I was like, man, I, I just <laughs> saw this movie, and it, and it was called Dark City. But yeah. you know, I mean, there, there's no martial arts or anything like that in it. But yeah. uh, but there is a big fight in the sky at the end, yeah. a climactic thing, and huh. different worlds. Have you seen Dark City? Mm. I can let you yeah, know I'll that as well. Uh, and so my number 10 is a more recent movie, and I can't believe it's been five years, but uh, it is Ex Machina. And um, as far as science fiction-y movies go, this kind of personifies what I think of when I think of science fiction. Yep. And... Um, huh. It's. Uh, have you seen this? No, it's it's oh it's one of those I keep forgetting to uh, visit. I, I I'm going to have to pick up uh, a copy and watch it. Yeah. I'm intrigued. Yeah, you should definitely definitely check it out. Five years ago, man. It, it's, on, like it, it. it's it's on my honorable mentions. Yeah, okay. it's ah. a fa- fantastic film. All right, uh, Andrew, what's uh, what's left on your top ten we haven't discussed? 
Okay. Um, uh, Predator. Predator is on my honorable mention. All right. Mine as well. That's another one of those films that when my parents started to like not really care what we watched on TV anymore, that was the first film that I came across. I'm like, this movie is so awesome. Where have you been my whole life? Yeah. Arnold, uh, Jesse the Body, um, Carl Weathers. Yep. Such an amazing cast. Simple storyline. You know, the humans become the hunted. Um, yep. It's such a perfect movie. I absolutely love it. I will sit down and watch it anytime I'm flipping through channels and I happen to see that it's on. If you stop and think about it, the music, or the, the film score to that is by the same guy who did Back to the Future. Oh, okay. And if you listen to... They're uh, similar. I don't want to say side by side, but yeah, one uh, after the other, you'll see, oh, wow, this is the same. Yeah. Definitely the same guy making really? the music. I never know. I never huh. knew that. Um, Predator 2 is a little... They, they, I think they got a little too cute with it. They tried to be more funny with it. Um, it's not a bad movie. It's got... Um, what's his name? Gary Busey. Uh, Gary Busey and uh, Carl, uh, not Carl Weathers, uh, um, from Lethal Weapon, uh, Glover, yeah. uh, Dan, Dan Danny Glover. Glover. Yeah. Um, you know, having the Predator speak in that movie and stuff. Uh, it's and then you know we were talking earlier about how how can you botch a movie, but I remember when they announced Alien versus Predator. Yeah. I'm like, how can you go wrong? And I went in the theater with anticipation, and I sat there, and I'm like, this is garbage. Like, how do you screw up? a property like Alien and Predator, and you bring them together. And again, it was the human characters, I felt, just ruined that whole mm-hmm. concept. Yeah. yeah. I, w- I will say I did like the one with Adrian Brody in it, though. Uh, Pred- oh. Predators, is that what it's called? Yeah, Predators. put it down there, but I they do get, like They that get one. dropped onto the yeah. uh, planet, and Lawrence Fishburne is there. Yeah. Have you seen that one? No, I, I, oh. I might have seen it, but I, I've given it's, up on that whole franchise. It's, it's better than... Predator Two and both the, uh, Alien. the Alien versus yeah, Predator. Yeah, yeah. Out of all the sequels, it's easily the best. All right. Uh, what else you got? I also have uh, Brazil. Has anyone seen Brazil? Gosh, probably once or twice when I was younger, but I don't have many memories of it at all. It's Jonathan Price and uh, De Niro, and it's kind of set in this dystopian future. Uh, a lot of it is lifted from the pages of 1984, uh-huh. you know, like Forbidden Love and things like that. Uh, I just like the way that the, the story is. It's really dark, both visually and, like, in tone. And, uh, yeah, it just for whatever reason, it's always it's always really caught me. Um, uh, Looper. Really? Uh, Looper, Looper is one of my favorite me. sci-fi movies of the past 10 years. Yeah. Wow. That's Bruce Willis. And, uh, and um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yeah. yeah. Levitt. Boy, I just Directed wrote that one Directed by Ryan off. Johnson. You, the, you, you didn't like it? Loop? Well, I never saw it because oh. it, it, I don't remember it getting good Loop? reviews, and no, I just passed it, on it. No, it did get, it, it it did did get it good reviews. Great reviews. I no, why it, I missed nobody out on saw it. it. Nobody yeah. saw it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, uh, I liked it, but I didn't see it until it came out I, I, on DVD. Yeah. Or, I can uh, let but, you borrow it. I, I have it on DVD. There's a couple others I want to get to first. I know, I know. All right, so after Looper, um, do you remember uh, Amy Adams' uh, Arrival? Never saw that oh, one either. I wanted to see it, and I never got around to see it. Beautiful I felt like, movie. I Beautiful. thought okay. I hated Contact 
and this movie reminded me too much of Contact, so I stayed away from it. This is Contact times like fifty, huh? With the with a much bigger I- IQ of the people who made it. Yeah. Huh. Okay. <laughs> so it, it was that was made by the director who did Blade Runner twenty forty nine. Okay. So there's a lot of thought that goes into it, a lot of layers. Hmm. You you might think some of it's kind of boring, but if you pay attention, it, it's got the biggest payoff at the end. Huh. All right. All right, and then my last movie is Annihilation. Oh, that's come up before. I've yeah. never seen it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've heard good things about it. I remember before when we were talking about directors, I said, mm-hmm. "Look, look for this guy, uh, Alex Garland. He did Annihilation and, and what, X Machine, and what he's he called oh, earlier." So okay. Yeah. And um, Annihilation is is uh, I kind of went back and forth with with those two. But but I prefer Ex Machina a little bit more, but but Annihilation was in my top five yeah. last year. <clears throat> and then, uh, real quickly, I just have two more honorable mentions. Uh, two thousand one. I, I was waiting for you to bring that up. I know you've mentioned in the past that you're a big. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, what's the director? Kubrick. Kubrick. Ugh, yeah. How did I forget? Uh, yeah, you've mentioned in the past you're a big Kubrick fan. So I was waiting for you to bring this <laughs> one up. And also uh, Mad Max. Mad Max, yeah, that's a good one. Um, I actually preferred the second one, the Road Warrior, over the first one. Um, but I don't, I, Me don't, as well. I don't know if I would consider that a sci-fi movie. Though. I saw it on a lot of people's of, list, but I didn't yeah. only because when I, I, I just don't think of it as a yeah. science fiction movie, yeah. even though it yeah. technically is, I guess. It, but it's more of just a futuristic, right? Dystopian yeah. type. Um, some honorable mentions on my list, uh, 1986, The Fly, uh, directed by David Cronenberg, starring Jeff Goldblum. Again, a great mishmash of horror and sci-fi. Great performance by Jeff Goldblum. Um, Disney's first PG film, uh, The Black Hole, came out in 1979. I don't know if it would hold up. I haven't watched it in a long time. It does not. You it can does still not see all the, uh, the you can see all the wires. And, uh, I mean, it, you know. <laughs> It it is what it is, but that that movie could definitely be remade and, that's and, and, one, and it's improved um, upon. That's probably the top of my list of movies I'd love to see get remade. Uh, I am excited they're going to be releasing toys from that movie in the very near future. We didn't really get a lot of toys from that movie when I was a kid, so I'm going to no. be reliving my childhood. Um, but I, I think that's what I love most about the movie was the uh, the robots. And ironically, when the toy company I don't know who did the toys, but was it Mego? I think Mego did it. They released the uh, larger scale figures, and they did all the human characters and not a single robot, which is crazy. Like you're marketing toys to kids, and you're not going to release a robot? That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. Um, And then, let's see, we talked about Wrath of Khan. Um, I wanted to throw this one out. Do you consider this a sci-fi movie? Ghostbusters, 1984, directed by Ivan Reitman, uh, written by Dan Aykroyd, Harold Ramis, starring those two and Bill Murray and Ernie Hudson and Sigourney Weaver. I just watched it again recently. It's one of my all-time favorite movies, one of my all-time favorite comedies. Um, it does have that qualification of the futuristic sci-fi weaponry, like the proton packs and the ghost traps and all that stuff. So I kind of would consider this a sci-fi movie. Do you concur? I had King Kong and Godzilla on mine, so yeah, yeah defi- <laughs> definitely. Andrew, Acor- Ghostbusters? According to uh, Wikipedia, Ghostbusters is a fantasy comedy film. Fantasy comedy. I'm calling it a sci-fi movie. You can find um, it. That's also something 
that we could talk about someday. What's yeah. the difference between fantasy, fantasy and, and sci-fi? sci-fi? Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, I, um, I like I like Ghostbusters. Um, I haven't seen it enough to have a full appreciation for it, and I never saw it as a kid, so it doesn't have any like mm. deep uh, meaning for me. But I definitely do need to watch it again. It's interesting when you read up about it. Uh, originally, it was going to star John Belushi um, <laughs> and Eddie Murphy. Wow. Uh, John Belushi passed away. Eddie Murphy turned it down. Uh, they cast Bill Murray, um, and then they rewrote the Winston character, and uh, and then brought him on. You know, more than halfway through the film, Ernie Hudson. Um, so it became a pretty different movie. But I can always imagine what it would have been like with John Belushi and Eddie Murphy in those <laughs> roles. That would have been an amazing movie. Um, but yeah, I love me some uh, Ghostbusters. Uh, Tim, is there any honorable mentions or anything that uh, is I got a, I got a few. I'll go through real quick. Uh, Silent Running from 1972. If any movie Uh-oh. inspired the special effects in Star Wars, yeah. this this was it. And I believe one of the amputees that 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 was in the ET suit yeah. was one of the robots in yeah. this movie. As and from well. what I read, and that one of those robots inspired R two D two, which yeah, kind of you can definitely tell having yeah. an android type looking humanoid type creature they are too deep to that's kind of yeah and you can definitely that's tell. with uh bruce dern right yes okay yeah, yeah i saw that a and while ago i really like that yeah i i do too i own it on blu-ray and it's uh I, I mean the whole thing is basically about him he he's like uh you know protecting the plants i mean it's kind of like a hippie movie but it's uh you know it, it comes down to him being told to destroy the the plants that he's the caretaker of and then he decides not to or, or you know he tries to hold on to them as long as he can mm-hmm. to save the, the plants um frankenstein the original frankenstein yeah um i i think that that one i mean obviously there there's so many throwbacks to uh to that movie and it, i mean it's just inspired so many other films and um you know what's interesting is I, I went through a universal monster phase a few years ago, and I got all the movies on DVD, and I watched all of them. I'm sure it was around Halloween. And I actually found myself getting bored with a lot of them. I, I got bored yeah. during Frankenstein. Well, I got bored during Dracula. Um, my favorite universal monster movie is Creature from the Black Lagoon. I really enjoy that one. But, yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I know they're classics, and I understand why they're classics, but they're, they just, I don't know. They don't hold up for me. Uh, I... You and I are going to go round and round on this one, but uh, John Carter from 2012. Well, I it never is, saw that one. Like, uh, yeah, it, it's a great movie. It should not have bombed. Disney pulled the uh, advertisement before it uh, before it came out, and I think that that killed it. Um, I felt like a kid, and and you know, my mom used to go. To, I saw so many movies because my mom would send me to the theater that was like a couple blocks away. And just be like, here, go see this movie just to get me out of her hair on Saturday. Mm-hmm. And that's what I felt like when I saw this movie. I felt like I was a kid again watching one of these movies that I'd never heard of and she uh, sent me to go see. Huh. Um, never saw it. I'll have to check it out. It? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, another one that, you know, it's not really heavy science fiction, but uh, it's from the world of Jumanji, and it is the movie that landed, I, I believe, uh, John Favreau, the Iron Man movie, and it's hmm. Z- Zuthura. And oh. so it's basically Jumanji set in space. Okay. Dax Shepard's in it. Um, if you ha- I mean, it's it's more of kind of like a kid's movie, but it's it's actually very well done. 
Never saw that one either. Um, Solaris, I never saw the original one, but I really love the remake with uh, Clooney. Clooney, George yeah. Clooney. I, I haven't oh. seen e- either one of them either, yeah. but I came across them today uh, online, so oh. I might need to add those. I I I want to see the original because I've seen that. I saw that on a lot of people's lists, but I I own the remake. Um, Ready Player One. Yeah, I really like. Uh, and the only other one that I got is Children of Men. Um, oh, that's a great. I should have added that. that. <laughs> should have added that to my uh, honorable mentions. Man. Just that was one of the. I I mean I can't say it was a fun experience at the theater, but just the crowd was just silent through the whole thing, mm-hmm. and then until. You know, it gets to the point where the baby is is there, and mm-hmm. and people were just crying, and it oh. was just, it it was just uh, that that was a, a very different theatrical experience. But but I mean, it it'll stick out in my head because it was just so powerful, really. Yeah. Yeah. Andrew, did we cover everything on your list? Yep. yep. Some uh, titles that popped into my head that I, I didn't put on my list, but I wanted to throw out. Uh, Independence Day, I just watched again recently. That's a very fun movie. Uh, Men in Black, I loved all the Men in Black movies. Those are enormously fun. And one movie that I think is really underrated is Mars Attacks. Uh, Mars Attacks is very, very fun. It's very silly and stupid. Um, but I really enjoyed Mars Attacks. All right, guys. Enjoyed talking about sci-fi movies with you. And uh, thanks for joining me, and thank you at home for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you, Joe. Clatu Barado Nicto. Right back at you. <laughs>